Shalom and thank you for clicking to listen to one of our audio messages. At Tikvat David, we are building a Yeshua-centered Judaism for Israel and the nations. We hope that this message will encourage, inform, and inspire you to follow Yeshua and to walk in the pathways of Torah. Enjoy. So let's do a quick review of where we are in this series that we are calling Paul's Judaism, Bringing the Apostle Home. So I am extracting the content for this series from a book I'm writing with the same title. And this book has been about five years in the making. And uh, I guess to be a little more precise and detailed, I, I finished actually two different books on Paul before now that were not published. And the reason for that is that, in my opinion, both of them really missed the mark as far as what I was going for. Uh, but the efforts that I did in writing those books and in uh, you know, doing all the research and the writing, those efforts were not wasted. Uh, and, and really the material that I wrote uh, for those books will be incorporated into the current book. But this time I feel like I have a, a good plan and that I have greater clarity regarding my audience and what I want to communicate. So in the book, I'll be presenting five major ways that lead to bringing Paul home. And the premise of the book is that Paul's home is in Judaism, thus the name Judaism's Paul. Now, I also argue that Paul, rightly understood within Judaism, should be seen as a hero and not a villain within Judaism. And among the Jewish people, even if one disagrees with Paul's conviction regarding Jesus as Messiah of Israel. So, as I said, I want to do a quick review of the five ways to bring Paul home, and then we'll continue and finish our discussion on way number one. And these ways represent essentially ideas that are necessary to reframe Paul within the space he really should have never been stripped out of. So the five ways are, one, Paul was called, not converted. Two, Paul has a rule we should practice. Three, Paul's Judaism was for Jews. Four, Paul's Judaism was for Gentiles. And five, Paul's churches were synagogue subgroups. So we're going to be discussing each of those ways in this uh, podcast and teaching series. And last week we started a discussion of way number one, and that is Paul was called not converted. And we started uh, by talking about the nature of uh, conversion and how, if at all, the term conversion applies to Jewish and Gentile disciples of Yeshua. We noted that the term conversion does have some nuance to it. <clears throat> Generally, we, we said the term conversion uh, does not apply to Messianic Jews, except if we nuance that to refer to a shift that they experience within Judaism once they become followers of Yeshua. So I do think it's fair to say that Paul as a Jew, uh, converted on the Damascus Road in the sense that he did experience a significant shift in perspective once he met the risen Yeshua. Paul started on the Damascus Road as a Pharisee who did not believe the Messianic, the Messianic era had begun. When he started on that journey, uh, he may well have had an apocalyptic uh, you know, end of the world expectation. And he certainly had an expectation of the Messianic kingdom era and how all those things would kind of you know, come together. But like other Pharisees, Paul did not believe that era, the eschaton, the, the uh, you know, the apocalypse, however we want to put it. He, he didn't believe that that had come yet, that had started yet. But after his encounter with Yeshua, everything changed. We could say that Paul became 
apocalyptic uh, or eschatological. I know I'm using some some heavy theological terms, but you know, apocalyptic meaning kind of the the you know the 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 end of the ages, eschatological, kind of having the the a similar kind of a meaning. But apocalyptic, you mean like heaven and earth are really like impacted and altered and shifted and moved. And I think that he did believe that the end of the ages had broken in and all things on heaven and earth have been altered because of the death and resurrection of Yeshua. So is that a conversion? Well, I think it's probably okay to think of Paul experiencing conversion on that level. But of critical importance is that if conversion is an appropriate term at all for Paul, it was a conversion within Judaism. Paul was still a Pharisee. As he says in Acts 23, and he now had a unique and specific calling given to him by Yeshua on the Damascus Road. So we're going to come back to Paul's calling in just a moment. But back to last week, we also discussed the term conversion in relation to Gentiles. And we noted that the term conversion is tricky in relation to Gentiles as well. Now, it does apply in a real way. And then I'd say in another way, it doesn't apply. Uh, Gentiles do not convert in the sense that they become Jews as disciples of Yeshua. They do not convert in that sense. Paul forcefully opposed the idea that Gentiles need to go through proselyte conversion to become halakhic or legal Jews. However, that is not the end of the discussion. There is a sense in which conversion does apply to Gentiles. So in telling his story to King Agrippa, as recorded in Acts 26, Paul uh, says this, I'm going to read this text about what happened on the Damascus Road and the nature of his calling to the Gentiles, which I think does describe a sense, a very real sense in which Gentiles do go through a conversion. So let's read that text in Paul's words. So this is Paul speaking. He said, uh, starting in Acts 26, 15, And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. So again, he's describing what's happening to King Agrippa uh, in, in what Paul experienced on the Damascus Road. Starting in verse 16, or continuing in verse 16, Paul says, But rise and stand up on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Paul's words in verse 18 as he describes his mission of the Gentiles, that sounds a lot like conversion language. Their eyes are being opened. They're turning from darkness to light, Satan to God, turning from Satan to God, receiving forgiveness of sins, and they are placed among the Jewish people, among those who are sanctified by faith in Yeshua. So... <clears throat> I do think it's fair to use the term conversion for Paul's Gentiles. Uh, they were not converting to Christianity since there was no such thing. They were converting from paganism to Judaism, albeit a certain kind of Judaism. It was a messianic Judaism, a Yeshua-centered Judaism. It was apostolic, apocalyptic, eschatological. It was a kingdom Judaism. We could maybe say Judaism for the nations. I think all of these terms potentially describe the space within Judaism that Paul operated after the Damascus Road. So let's zero in now on Paul and what actually took place on the Damascus Road. Now, we're, I think we're probably in agreement that he did not convert from one religion to another. And if we're going to use the word conversion for Paul, it was a conversion within Judaism. 
And I would say that part of that inter-Judaism conversion on the Damascus Road included a calling for Paul. So we're going to read the text in Acts, which describes Paul's calling in just a moment. But before we do that, you know, how would you describe Paul's calling? You know, what did Yeshua call him to do? All right, well, here's how Paul describes it again in Acts 26. He says, In this connection I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Yeshua whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So there's that text again that really describes uh, what took place in the Damascus Road from Paul's perspective. In his landmark paper back in the 1960s called The Apostle Paul and the Introspective Conscience of the West, Christopher Stendhal said the following in describing this text. He says, There is not, as we usually think, first a conversion and then a call to apostleship. There is only the call to the work among the Gentiles. So according to Christopher Stendhal, Paul did not convert from Judaism to Christianity. Rather, Paul was called to define the place for Gentiles in the church. On the Damascus Road, Paul gave, or God gave Paul a new vocation, not a new religion. Paul's new vocation involved carrying the messianic hope of Judaism to the Gentiles. Now, I have a question along this line of Paul's calling. And let's make it clear once again that it is crystal clear in Paul's mission that he was not trying to turn Gentiles into Jews. And he also was seeking to protect Gentile identity, which we're going to discuss more as we get into way number two, uh, which will be discussing Paul's rule in all the churches. But being that Paul's calling involved carrying Judaism to the nations, my question is, is it fair on some level to label Paul a Judaizer? Was Paul Judaizing Gentiles? So my colleague Daniel Lancaster has gone so far to say that Paul was the biggest Judaizer of all time. And I agree with Daniel. Judaizing was at the heart of Paul's calling. Paul was emphatic that Gentiles do not become Jews. But he was equally emphatic that they leave paganism and begin, observe, begin observing a form of Judaism that was appropriate for them as members of the nations. Put differently, Paul's Gentiles Judaized. And Paul's mission involved Judaizing the nations the fundamental caveat that they remain as members of the nations. So, the term Judaizing actually, if we're saying that Paul, uh, if we're calling, if we're, if we're describing Judaizing as a process of turning Gentiles into Jews, no, Paul did not do that. But, if Judaizing means advancing a Jewish way of life and Jewish principles and the Jewish God and, and, um, you know, Jew, a Jewish worldview, that's exactly what Paul was doing. He was turning them away from pagan ways of doing those things and turning them towards a Jewish way. That's Judaizing. Okay, but it's a certain kind of Judaizing. But I would say that Paul is not the only character in the Bible who envisioned the nations being Judaized. 
there were others who had such visions and points of emphasis. Isaiah the prophets envisioned the nations Judaizing the end of, of days. Isaiah, in his, uh, in his prophecy, he envisioned the nations Judaizing when he wrote that it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That is a vision that Isaiah is having of Judaizing of the nations, non-Jews, coming to Israel to learn the Jewish Torah with the Jewish people. That's Judaizing. I'd say Zechariah envisioned Judaizing the nations when he wrote that everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Booths. And if any of the families of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. So you have Zechariah speaking of a day when the nations will come to the Jewish capital city to worship the God of Israel and to celebrate the Jewish Feast of Booths. That is not saying that these Gentiles become Jews. It is saying that they are joining with the Jewish people and doing things that were given to the Jewish people, but with extension for the nations as well. I'd say another Judaizing text would be in Paul's second letter to Timothy when he said, All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. So when Paul wrote those words to Timothy, the only scripture that was acknowledged as such were the Hebrew scriptures, the, the, the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible. So these apostolic instructions from Paul to Timothy were to be implemented in a community that was predominantly, if not entirely, Gentile. And essentially, Paul is telling Timothy to utilize the Torah and the rest of the Hebrew scriptures to teach non-Jewish disciples how to walk in righteousness. And the implications of 2 Timothy 3.16 are massive. I mean, the, this famous verse that a lot of kids memorize in Sunday school or Awanas or wherever it may be, this famous verse reveals that Paul was essentially Judaizing Gentiles in the sense that he advised them to no longer learn and operate in the ways of paganism and idolatry, but to learn the Torah, all scripture, all scripture at that point was the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the Torah, the prophets, the writings. Paul wanted them to learn that and then walk in those ways of righteousness. So in Paul's mind, this was an end times, the, 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 the nation's Judaizing was an end times reality that was consistent with the expectations of the prophets of Israel. So, Paul's calling and mission that he received on the Damascus Road, it was not a conversion in the way we typically think about conversion. It was a calling. And it was to advance a Jesus-centered Judaism for Israel and the nations. Paul was called, but he did not convert. A fundamental component of Paul's Judaizing calling also involved ensuring the protection of both Jewish and Gentile identities. True unity, Paul's vision, included not the elimination of differences, but shalom between differing groups of people. This Pauline idea is expressed clearly in Paul's underemphasized rule in all the churches. And that'll be the next way for us to traverse next week on the road to bring Paul home. Shabbat Shalom.
Thank you for listening to this audio message from Tikvat David Messianic Synagogue. We would love to get to meet you in person sometime at the synagogue, so come join us for Shabbat or one of the holidays. Also, you can join us in building Messianic Judaism, whether you live in the Atlanta area or far away, by financially contributing to our synagogue. You can learn about the options for giving under the Donate tab at tikvatdavid.org. At Tikvat David, we would love to have you stand with us as we are building a Yeshua-centered Judaism for Israel and the nations. Shalom.